um, for this series, um, because believe it or not, the encouragement comes from you guys. It, it's coming from the congregation, for we have gotten to a point that I will share with you uh, where we're growing and in our maturity, and that's exciting for a pastor to see, and so we'll get there in a little bit. <clears throat> And these passages of Scripture, um, they're so sweet to, to cling through or to read through and just uh, meditate on as we go through this, this passage in time. However, I, I remember, you know the interesting thing is, as you study for these teachings and you prepare for preaching in front of you, it just never comes out the way you think it would. Because you get nervous in what's going on, and um, it's just different standing in the pulpit than it is studying from your desk or whatever it may be. But um, if I go too long, please don't throw one of these rocks at me, but will you help me out, Adam? I know you like to help out. And so if you have uh, had the pleasure of already receiving one of these rocks in the series, you don't have to take another one. But if you haven't, make sure you grab one. Can you take it around and let people get one? Um, I have used these rocks as a reference to who we are and how we um, sometimes are very stubborn and don't want to change, but yet God smooths us out at different points. And He works on us and transforms us in the ways. If you've ever seen some of those arching rocks in... uh, in life or on the internet and pictures, you see that God smooths out the rocks that are huge, and in the same way, He smooths us out as we go along. And so, this whole series has been based upon John 13, 34 through 35, where Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another By this, all men will know that you are my my disciples, if you have love one for another. Thank you, Adam. You see, did Jesus give us a new commandment? And I say He did. Because the old commandment says to love thy neighbor as thyself, right? And so, He has taught us and shown us by the love of His Son how to live out loving one another as his as Jesus did himself. And so I'm going to use this rock here in a little bit. Let me go by my script. I'm so excited to speak today on this next portion of living heim, that's life in Hebrew, for with one another. Through our callings and encouraging one another in times of growth, I have lived long enough now to know that during times of trials, that's loss of loved ones, or struggles in life, and through correction of our family in the congregation, not just here at the Disciple Center, but worldwide that God has chosen to be His people, we grow if we're humble and we're walking humbly with God, with our brothers and sisters See, it's during these tough times that God will use us. My grandfather passed away in April, on April 3rd, 2000. I was walking back in my life 
towards the church, but I wasn't walking fully in God's ways. But on that April 3rd day, he broke me. Right? He was using people to kind of carve and smooth me out and work on me. But I still wasn't willing to quite give. And like this rock, there's, there's clefts. There's, there's a lot of jagged edges. And I had a lot of jagged edges at that point. And at other times, because I didn't want the correction, I pushed people away. And guess what? Rightfully so. They step back, and when people are willing, not willing to listen, step away and let God deal with them. Because what happens is, then it's just you and God. And at times, you basically, God breaks you. And what happens is, becomes beautiful. Maybe this piece wasn't meant to be in your life anymore. But everything else God can work on. And he turned something ugly into something beautiful that you would have never seen if you start saying yes to him. I've seen relationships become stronger in our congregation when working through life's difficult times of correction because of actions and behaviors. It is by speaking the truth and holding fast to God's word That gives us the instructions of life. We all need those instructions. Everybody reads the DMV manual when you're 15, but after that you put it away. Some of us need to pick up that DMV manual and know that that license is a privilege. It's not a right. In the same way, this is a privilege because we have been called by God to walk according to His ways. If you see this as a privilege, you cling on to it even more. There's hope in the Word of God. So we've talked about the struggle and the trials of life and how we've been able to maneuver that in this congregation, building stronger relationships through those. We pray with those. We come alongside them. Sometimes there's nothing to say, but we just sit with them. Then there's those Trials that happen when we're not walking with God and we have to correct and it hurts those relationships, but it actually binds us stronger in the end. And then there's those encouraging times when we're taking a step of faith and acting out because we say yes to God. Today I stand here encouraged by the actions of the congregation. In the past few months, weeks and days, I am looking forward to seeing how the Lord grows each family and each individual in our congregation as we've went through catechisms and the kids are growing and maturing. This summer we have people stepping out and saying, yes, I am willing to grow in action and deeds as they will be doing the teaching from this pulpit. This is not easy to stand here, as I said, When you prepare, it's at home, you're secluded in your house, and you're thinking, this is how I want it to come out, but it never comes out. But I'm encouraged. And just like my grandfather, when he was passing, I had to step up, and the church there saw me start to step up, and I was asked to become a deacon at the time, and we had conversations, but then I went away to Cal Baptist. The Lord polished me, and I stand before you today because of what He 
has done in my life, but nothing that I, I do myself. So please, when I say that the men who are stepping up and willing to testify and give testimony to what God has and is teaching them according to the scriptures, pray for them in the weeks and the months ahead. They're stepping up because I asked them or they were willing to, and I've seen them grow in certain ways, but there was a need in our congregation and I said, hey, I'm going to be gone for a little while. Pastor Stokes can't keep doing this. He needs to know that we're still going to be able to do it. The same way that Pastor Jeff and his family need to be able to leave and go on vacation at times, I'm so encouraged to know we have a backup to him and we have a backup backup to him. We are growing and maturing in our congregation in this way. If you ever want to give a testimony or teach from up here, call me, talk to me. I am willing to listen and talk with you about that. But know when to get in this pulpit, it is not the same as sitting behind your desk and preparing for it. Well, let's turn to Romans 12, 1 through 15. I'm going to break this down as we go a little bit, but we're going to go on through this fairly fast, as I told them I would only be about 30 minutes. It says in Romans 12, 1 through 2, and we read this in our presentation of selves at times. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God is, or what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, even those sheep and those cattle that were brought to the this um, temple to be sacrificed, they weren't they were supposed to be the best out of all of them, but some of them weren't perfect. I'm going to tell you right now, when we present ourselves to the Lord, we're not perfect. The only way we become purified and pure of heart is through His Son, our Savior. The Holy Spirit helps to get rid of those clefts and get rid of those jagged edges, and He, he helps to bind us and grow us as we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And then we can present ourselves. Thank God that we enter into this place through the cross. That's why our cross is on the back side here. And the doors are open. But trust me when I say, when there's pastors out there saying that the doors are wide, they're lying. The Word of God says they're, they're narrow. The way to evil is wide and open. We cling to the Word of the Lord. And so we come into this place only... Perfect because of God and Jesus. Verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. We have to filter it through there. Just as we read Micah 6, 8, Sound judgment has to do with doing God's word and walking uprightly and righteously before the Lord. If you don't know the word of God, you're going to be on a path that's not following His at times. Because if you depend on 
this feeling and this emotion, you're going to go to the left and you're going to go to the right. But if you follow the Word of God, He will make your path straight. All right, verse 4 and 5. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Messiah and individually members of one another. We have all these different things. If we were all elbows, it wouldn't work out. We couldn't walk anywhere because we need knees, we need legs, we need feet, we need hands to pick up things. We all function differently. I can't do what Brian does because I am technologically unsound. But I can learn from him. He has taught me how to, um, between Robin, Mike, and Brian, they've taught me how to turn on the screens. They've taught me how to turn on the cameras. I can function at a lower level than they do. And that's sometimes how we get along. And that's sometimes how we function. It's like putting a cast on your leg and trying to run a marathon. It's not going to work. I might get through the marathon, but I'm going to hobble through it. In the same way, that's how we function in our family. We have to try things at times. Those who are coming up here this summer, they're trying something new. And so we have to encourage them. Just like me, growing up, I was a welder. I knew how to weld from a ripe early age because that's what my family did. There was no way around it. I was going to become a welder. I wasn't the best welder, but I still became a welder and I can put two pieces of metal together. If it breaks, like my grandfather has always said, if it breaks, you get two pieces. So that's good, right? And then I had... My, the ability to try something new, and I did pretty good in sales. I did okay. I learned. I didn't like doing all commission. Didn't do good that way, but I could do Nordstrom, and that's what I looked good in. So <laughs> I did okay. I knew I had a base point. So that's the kind of sales I did good in. Then I tried working for my uncle. I thought, air conditioning, you make really good money doing air conditioning and heating. I worked three days in that. I was horrible. I had scars all over my head and bumps and bruises. I said, I'm done, Uncle Buddy. Like, that just wasn't for me. And I said, in Bakersfield, mind you, in July, I was putting in new AC units. I said, I'm going to die in this attic, and nobody's going to know. It's 115 outside. It's 160 in that attic. I'm like, how do you do this? And he's 70 years old doing it. I'm like, you've got to stop. He's like, it's okay. Sometimes I just get up here and I pray and I can worship the Lord. I said, yeah, I'm worshiping Him too to get down out of here. So I knew air conditioning wasn't my, my gig at that time. You see, caring and loving, I, I love to do that and I do mental health and that's my passion. That's something that God has put in me. I want to help others get out of these ruts in their life if they can. I want to help parents start to parent better Um, and see their children thrive. And so, I do that in mental health in the schools. I do that with others in private practice. That's something that I'm good at, and that's something that God has created in me and polished me in. So, no children, little ones, that are going through catechism, you're going to have to try several different things to see what you're good at. Don't fret if you you get up here and you try praying and, you kind of get stuck and you only say three words. Hey, the smallest prayers are the best because guess what? The intercessor up there in Jesus, he 
he can transform that into amazing things when you pray. He just wants to have that conversation. And so if you're willing to, or you want to try to do this as you're growing up, or out there and you go, hey, I might be good at this. I'm good at public speaking. Come talk to me. I want to work with you. We'll see what happens and what God does. Is he going to polish you or is he going to say, hey, try this. It's a little bit different. Um, Maybe it's air conditioning for you, so you won't be up here. But you don't know until you try. The next verses basically talk about just that. In verse 6, says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us to, the, to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to prof, proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in the exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, preserving in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Those are the things that we need to be practicing in here. Those are the relationship builders. If you want a passage of scripture to look at that teaches you how to build those relationships, It's right there. And yes, some people may struggle with certain things, but you're to come alongside them and help them through it. There's relationships in your own family sometimes that are struggling, and we have to show mercy to those people and help bring them through it. That in itself shows your love of Christ. You put your own desires aside and bring those people through it. That's a hard thing to do but that sometimes is what God is calling you to do all right bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse the world is out there and it's it's hating us right now because we walk it according to the spirit we walk according to his words they're not gonna like us but it says right there love them Bless those who persecute you. How do you bless those? You Because you're walking in the Spirit of God. You're walking according to His words. And they persecute you. Other passages of Scripture say, Give food to your enemy when they're hungry. Help those who are sticking a knife in you, per se, right? Work with them. Bless them. Do not curse them. And this next passage Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It's exactly what I've been saying all along. That's exactly what we've been doing and building those relationships in our congregation. A lot of times we don't know what to say, but we just come alongside them for that struggle in their life. And by doing so, we show the love of Christ. Hebrews ten twenty three through 24. By the way, as you guys are turning over there, 
When people say that, well, I'm not the perfect Christian, or I'm not the perfect person, I can't go into church yet, let me tell you, this scripture is filled with unperfect people. When you look through Genesis and the Torah, my goodness, Judah was not living rightly. My goodness, Abraham passed on a sin and showed Isaac how to tell other people that who they're married to wasn't their wife. But God still delivered them. He still showed them how to live humbly with God. He used their testimonies, and it's written in Scripture. But He uses their testimonies to show how beautiful they could become if they trust Him. And He polishes them, and they become beautiful unto us as we read through the Scriptures. Because if you look back on your life and go, I I sucked at that time. I did, and it was horrible. And yet God used that piece and made me better when I started walking with him and I said yes God I will follow you can do nothing else but follow Christ who shows me the example how to live out a perfect life Hebrews 10 23-24 this is what I'm saying to you all as people come up here um Different weeks, different people. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He'll get us through anything. He gives us the hope of all eternity. When we get there, the day we get there, and the 500 years later, still the same amount of time for all eternity. That's hard to fathom, I get it. Because we think in time. But forever... So we need to hold fast to that confession. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to what? To love and good deeds. Love and good deeds. If somebody's trying something out and they're not doing too good, maybe you can help them along. Be encouraging to one another as they try new things. You put me on the guitar, it's going to be a long road. And after about five weeks, I'm going to tell you, I can't do this. This is not for me, right? You see this, this piece of that rock, it's never going to get curved out. When I get to heaven, maybe. We'll see if God gives me rhythm at that time. But not here on this earth. That's why we have Pastor Jeff. But encouraging everyone to good deeds encouraging one another to try different things. That's one thing that we're doing. You can see right here in the bulletin, I have changed out here, right? For Pastor Bruce, it says Q&A. I was trying Q&A when Pastor Bruce started it. I was told by a brother in here, said, Trevor, that's not your your thing. You get away from Q&A. I said, Thank you for that. I will get away from Q&A. I will call it, and it was, I said, discussions about what was happening. We've had some pretty decent discussions. Please don't be silent when people are up here. I've changed it to give you the responsibility 
to share your thoughts and encouraging words. Because the hardest thing to do when you're up here, anybody have any words or thoughts? Silence. Are you awake? No, you're sleeping. There's a few people that have fallen asleep. I'm okay with that. They feel safe in here. That's okay. The funny thing is, when I was growing up, there was somebody that fell asleep with one of our youths, and the pastor was up there. He didn't even realize it, but he called on that guy that fell asleep. And the whole church, 500 people, whoop! The attention was taken off the pastor and on that person, right? I'm just asking you to share what God has um, an encouraging word to one of the people that have talked up here. Because that will give them a little bit of feedback and also let them know that you are listening. That's one way that you can do a mitzvah, right? A good deed for a brother or a sister who may be up here. So stimulate that person to love and good deeds. I ask you to think about that as different people stand up here from week to week this summer. We want to be encouraging to everyone that's trying something new. Or maybe they've been up here a few times. But I do know what it's like. And it's okay with me if you guys just want to go to lunch early and don't say anything. I'm fine with that. I've been up here over and over and over. But for them, please make sure you say something positive whenever you have that moment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now.